Today's episode of the Naked Preacher podcast is brought to you by the Preacher Bod Smartwatch. When it comes to physical appearance, a preacher has to manage a very delicate balance. On the one hand, you've got to take care of the temple, maintaining your witness by keeping in good overall health. But on the other hand, you can't do too good a job, lest you appear physically desirable and unwittingly lead your flock into carnal temptation. That's why the good folks at Ministry Industries developed the Preacher Bod Smartwatch, the only wearable technology designed specifically for men and women of the cloth looking to walk that fine line between sensible and sultry each Sunday. With PreacherBot, you can count on staying in shape, as your smartwatch will track every step you take while greeting from pew to pew before the service, and count each calorie you burn while waving that Bible during your sermon's big finish. Plus, the handy food tracker on the PreacherBot app will keep you honest when joining the senior adult class at the KNW after worship. But at the same time, this revolutionary device comes equipped to alert you if your muscles are getting a little too defined, if your silhouette is getting a little too chiseled, or if your chins are getting a little too singular. Because let's face it, friends, the extremes of bad health and good looks have gotten too many preachers in trouble. So why not live in the sweet spot between them where both are simply, you know, okay, with the Preacher Bod Smartwatch. The Preacher Bod Smartwatch, because they should always like listening to you better than looking at you. Hello, friends, and welcome to this fresh new episode of the Naked Preacher podcast, the show where preachers get together to reveal who they are outside the pulpit. Uh, we have got a great show for you today. I'm really excited for you to meet my guest, and I didn't have to go far at all uh, to book him, you might say. Uh, just had to walk down the hall because his name is uh, Mike Womble, and he is a uh, minister with me at Winter Park Baptist Church here in sunny Wilmington, North Carolina. So uh, Mike is an amazing guy, uh, just one of those uh, renaissance men of ministry, I guess you might say. He can do it all, and uh, that extends beyond just the church. Uh, one of the things that he loves to do, in fact, is run, and he's got quite a story to tell about how running has affected his life and how it's uh, affected his ministry. Uh, just completed a big race, in fact, and so we're going to talk about all that together, and uh, I hope that you'll enjoy hearing from him as much as I enjoyed talking with him. So let's talk about how preachers run. Okay, well, I am here today with my uh, good friend and uh, colleague in ministry. Like, we literally work at the same church. Uh, he is the associate pastor for basically 
everything. Um, he's you name it at the church, and he's done it. Uh, but he is soon to be our associate pastor for senior adults and uh, for spiritual formation as he's going through a bit of a role shift. Uh, and his name is Reverend Mike Womble. Hey, yeah, yeah. I expected a drum roll the way you said that. I'll add it in in post. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, excited to have Mike on the show because he is just one of the most fascinating people to me um, in in ministry. Uh, certainly, uh, everything that he's able to do, he's obviously he's he's very gifted and called for what he does. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to have him on the show to talk particularly about uh, running, which is a passion of his that has uh, developed um, later in his life, I, I would say. Um, I'll let him tell that story himself. But before we get into that specific part, uh, just to lay some groundwork, Mike, how about you tell us a little bit about how you got into ministry? So, um, yeah, first, it's honor honor to be here. Thanks for, mm-hmm. for inviting me. Yeah, um, man. And you said... Um, Hey, can you can you come over to my office and we'll talk about running? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. But I got into ministry. Um, was called into ministry. I felt like uh, early on, my kid, my parents were missionaries in Nepal, Kathmandu, uh, and we worked with uh, leprosy patients there and rehabilitation of that. And I was uh, just uh, just out of elementary school, so I did all my middle school years there, and. Um, while there, I helped lead music for the expats for the youth group there. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of cool. What would this look like? Um, and so when I came back to the States, continued on with worship leadership in youth groups at church. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and ended up uh, in, in college for Christian education and then seminary. And, yeah, so... Awesome. And you've been here at Winter Park Baptist Church for... It'll be 20 years, July of this year, 2021. All right. Just shy of 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, outstanding. And uh, you've got three uh, kids at home? Three kids at home. Yeah, well, not at home. I, I, it's hard to say they're if they're kids. Sometimes they're at home. Because two of them are in their 20s now, and one of them is, is almost 18. Right. And so it's, are they children? Are they offspring? Yeah. Are they just... You know who, but uh, yep. yeah, I'm very proud of them all. So officially, I have three adult kids. I came here with two that were in diapers, and so um, yeah, it's pretty pretty strange. And how far are you from diapers now? <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully, uh, at least thirty years. Okay, at least thirty at, years. At I'm, least I'm, 30. I'm trying to delicately give the listeners an idea of, of your age. So yes, I guess I, if they if they gather that you have three or almost three grown children. Uh, adult age children, uh, then they can, you know, probably... Yeah, I am 48, and the plan was when we got married to have an empty nest at 50, which will be close to that. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, hopefully I have at least 30 years there before I have to start, or maybe 40 years before I start wearing diapers again. But Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, uh, okay, let's talk running. Um, how long has this been a part of your life, uh, and... and what led you to it? So my first 5K, I want to say, was in 2011. Uh, a good friend of mine here at church, um, he and his wife had signed up for the Battleship 5K, 
and his wife uh, a couple months beforehand said, no, I'm not going to do that. And so he asked me to, to go and do that with him. And so I did that uh, and thought I was going to die. Uh, and it was like, I don't want to do that ever again. And so that's how I ended up running. And then that was all run- that's that's your running story. It yeah, stops yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, that's pr- pretty much stops there. But uh, <laughs> okay, good podcast. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that was great. Thank you. <laughs> no, somehow, of course, you continued. So you you had a horrible experience. Yes, I did have a horrible experience. I mean, it was hard. I mean, in Wilmington, it's flat for those who aren't familiar with Wilmington, and uh, and the five k went over this big bridge, and I was like, what? There's there's a hill. I didn't practice a hill. I just ran in my neighborhood. Um. And, um, I had lost a bunch of weight. I had lost about 70 pounds the two previous years. And, uh, and then after that run, I realized, Hey, if I keep running, I could probably eat more and still keep the weight off, which was true. Um, to an extent, you know, there's a balance there, right? That's, that's, that's why I run. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, and then I just, I found out that no one in my family enjoyed running and so it was the one thing I could do by myself <laughs> uh, that nobody wanted to be with me to do it with. And so I just appreciated the solitude and kept noble, going. What a noble reason to get into it. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was fun. So so the that's interesting because I had known that you had dropped that weight, but I had always thought that running was part of that process. No, my doctor told me that my BMI was too too high mm-hmm. and it really made me mad and I just wanted to prove him wrong. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I lost a bunch of weight and then I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> well, you know, knowing you a little bit, that kind of tends to be a, a theme that runs, you know, through, through some of your life is somebody telling you that, you know, well, this is a limitation or you can't do this. And then, you know, that's all you need to go out and, yeah, and, and do it. Exactly. Don't tell me it's not possible or I'm not able to do it. Uh, that's what my, I think I shared with you one time before, um, when we came back from Nepal, that's what my high school counselor said was you'll never make it to college. And she knew she wouldn't let me take college prep classes. Great counselor. By wonderful, the way. by the way. Yes. <laughs> wonderful advisor. Um, and uh, ended up getting it going to, to college. Obviously, I was on probation, but that was fine. I was there. Hey, I've been on probation too. Yeah, well, I don't not, want to talk about not it, that but. kind. Yeah, this is a podcast. We Pro- don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up in seminary, and I was just wanted just to say, "Aha! Here's a master's degree. Take that." Yeah. And the same thing happened with running. Um, and, and so with the losing of the weight and the running and other things in life. Awesome. So the first 5K didn't go so well. Um, what made you want to s- stick with it? Um, to, to see if I could do it without thinking I was going to die. Um, and, and, uh, and then I just kind of I started enjoying doing the 5Ks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I said, well, what about a 10K? What would that look like? And so that's 6.1 miles, mm-hmm. 6.2 miles. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, same thing happened. I was like, man, six miles, that is crazy. And I'll never forget, again, it was so downtown Wilmington. The first 10K I did, uh, my buddy who invited me to that first 5K, he was there. And his biggest question was, why did it take you so long? And I'm like, well, it's July in Wilmington, oh. and it's six miles, dude. Yeah. Uh, and, again, it was really hard. And I was like, well, what else can we do? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So, and, and this was how many years ago? 
Oh, that was uh, nine years ago, maybe okay. ten years ago. Okay, yeah, somewhere in there. And since then, ballpark. How many uh, races do you think you have, have run? I was trying to add that up because I knew you were asked that question. Uh-huh. Uh, probably official races. Uh, I'm not real sure. Maybe fifteen or so. There's a bunch of unofficial ones because it got expensive. Yeah. And I learned if you if you oh, volunteered. Yeah. And if you volunteer for the first aid station, and some of those things were only a half mile in or a mile in, mm-hmm. after everybody's gone, you just take off running. Yeah. And because you volunteered, no one's going to complain. And uh, so then, uh, you know, you just start running a bunch of them for free because you, you volunteered. Go. Nice. That's good thinking. You yeah. don't, I don't guess you get, you don't get the medal or the t-shirt, but you get the, the satisfaction. Sometimes if there's leftovers, <laughs> you got to hang around. You got to know how to work the system. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. I'm with you. Um, and, and well, and then there are some unofficial races like, uh, you know, spoiler alert, Mike's been upping his distance. Uh, you, you know, you, you, you got to 10 K and then at some point I'm guessing half marathon. Yeah. I did the, the steps from half marathon to marathon, uh, and then did a couple 50 Ks, which is 31 miles. Yeah. And so that's, you know, speaking of some of the unofficial races that you've done, um, when, when was it? It was over the, sometime over the course of the pandemic in this past mm. year. Was it Memorial Day? It was Memorial Day uh, 2020. Yeah. Um, I ran the distance of New Hanover County, which is a little over 34 miles. Yes. And uh, I had just, I had been recovering from a, a, a 50K earlier. Um, and so, yeah, that was, it was going to be difficult because yeah. I'm still recovering. had some injuries to, to running overcome. another 50 K is not part of the recovery. Plan no, it was not. No, it was not gotcha. advised, but I did it anyway. Why not? Sure. And, uh, and another pastor here, Lance, uh, our youth pastor, um, joined along in that. And so it was really cool to have him, uh, encourage me and, and coach me along. And, yeah. Uh, I did not join you. No, no, you did not. <laughs> Although I, th- I think you were, and then you got, and then you had like a family, a thing, and I was like, "Hey, it's family. Family yeah, comes first. Nice Go to do give that." Me that. I, I, I cheered you on from the digital sidelines. Yeah. Um. So, okay. Well, I, I really want folks to hear about your most recent race because, you know, what, what I, again, what I love about you is there's, there's no limit, and so you know, you start out at a 5k and it's it's tough and you know the worst thing you've ever done but you say let me keep going till it doesn't hurt so much and so you 10k to half marathon to marathon to to uh ultra marathon and uh for some reason you got it in your mind to run uh a 100k well, which is and, 62 miles and you're and you're to, at, at blame for yeah. some of this because you were you were signed up to do the hundred, the team event for the Blackbeard Revenge one hundred miler in twenty twenty. Yes, and I had I was a little grumped out over it because you asked me to preach because you were going to be gone. <laughs> I wanted to be a part of the team, but I realized it probably sent the wrong signal to the church if three ministers were gone out yeah, on a weekend. Yeah, because it was going to be me, me and Lance, and then some other guys from church were going to be. Yeah, running. so like you know all the male presence and and half the staff was gone to this race it kind of sent the wrong message so i was like well i'll stay and preach and it turns out i think you were in church that sunday or no the pandemic yeah the pandemic happened so yeah you didn't go anywhere Mm -hmm. and so um 
But then I, I went and looked at that race and I realized it was flat. It was straight. And they had a non-team event uh, for the 100 miler and for the 100K event. And I really thought about it. And my wife said, um, if I ran the 100 mile event, she would not be at home when I came back from the race. And I said, what about the 100K? She said, yes, I'll consider it. And I said, deal. So I signed up a few days later. <laughs> awesome. So as long as there's no threat of divorce, you're, yes. you'll do it. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So talk me through like the training of that, man, because that's. Well, it was it was the year of the pandemic, mm -hmm. and um, this I found that 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 initial stress in the in the spring, um, running was a way for me just to process stuff, just mm -hmm. just process. Um, I would try to come to the office, or I would try to do stuff at the house, and just going bonkers. And I remember sometimes it was eleven, twelve o'clock at night, and I was just like, I can't sleep. I'm going out for a run. And I would just run for an hour or two uh, with no particular distance in mind. Mm -hmm. um, and I found that, that that was a great stress outlet for me because uh, you could be alone. You, you could be unmasked. Yeah. Um, and at strange hours of night, nobody else was around. Yeah. Um, and But, yeah, so I ended up my peak training was around 75 miles a week, uh, which for me was a lot. I know friends who do – much more than that but that was that was a lot to balance with family yeah. and working at church um and because because towards the end of that the, our offices were open so of course we were here mm -hmm. um and there were some days i just came in late to the office i'm like i don't know what to say i had to run 25 miles this morning and so uh, what, what time i mean you you had to get up real early to do that there was some mornings uh my limit my limit, I, I don't like to leave the house before 4.30 because some of the, the party folks are still getting home. Mm -hmm. um, and Plus possums. Yeah, there's there's some <laughs> yeah, possums. In my neighborhood, it's, it's a couple fox oh. around there. Gotcha. Uh, I did run into a coyote once that scared me to death in uh, the state park nearby, so I don't do that anymore alone. Um, that's a whole other oh. creepy story. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, just wake up at four, four thirty, and, uh, and get up, just go run for a few miles before work. Okay. So, uh, this race, uh, Blackbeard's Revenge, 100 K, which again, 62 miles. Um, and you had basically, what was it? 25 hours to complete it? 27 and a half, 27 I believe, hours. which is another reason that I'm really slow. I mean, there are runners who have, you know, eight minute miles, nine minute miles. Mm -hmm. And on a good day, I'm running 12 and a half minute miles mm -hmm. right? Uh, because I don't really care about speed. Yeah. It's just the endurance, just keeping mm -hmm. going. Um, so uh, the big day gets here. Um, just just walk through that experience you know because I, I know you've got some stories from it some uh things that i you know have have heard from you that i definitely want to uh hear you talk about so well the i had i had a couple goals i had uh mainly two major goals well three 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 main goals one was to finish mm -hmm. uh which meant i was still alive okay so finish alive so, 
finish alive. So like actually do the, the 100 K actually do the 100 K so being alive is not enough. Yeah. You have to um, get it. Gotcha. make some great memories. Okay. That I'll never forget at the second one. And the third one was just to spend some fun time with my dad. Cause I hadn't seen him at all during the pandemic. Yeah. He had been vaccinated. I had been vaccinated. Um, just enough time to where it was, we could all be together. The whole crew could be together. Um, and be in the support vehicle together and so forth. And so, um, so yeah, so that was, that were my, that was my goals and, and we accomplished that. Yeah. Um, and so your support vehicle, you had your dad, mm-hmm. um, and, two, and two guys from church. Yeah. Two guys here, here from church. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's not a, an easy job. Like that's not like, Hey, they're just your cheerleaders or whatever. I mean, when you go distances like that, you have to have planned so far ahead of time, like where your your calories are going to be, you know, how much of this you're going to need. And I was reading through sort of your summary of, of the race, and it changes throughout the race. Like as you get further on, you know, you can't take in as many calories at a time because you'll be more prone to nausea and stuff like that. So like those guys are, they're working the whole time that you're running and we and we finally got into a rhythm and they're t- you know it, it does take a, a a little while to figure out that rhythm because i would say meet me five miles down the road well i soon found out five miles was too far and then i would have to say no in 45 minutes i need to see you i don't care what the mileage is i need to see you in 45 minutes Base it on time. and then it got down to 30 minutes and then it was towards the end i was like just don't go far y'all yeah. just don't be far yeah. away i just I, I can't think of I couldn't think. Yeah, it's like just be close, please. <laughs> well, and I know one of you, one of your friends uh, ended up doing a little stretch of it with you, right? Yeah, um, Billy was his name or is his name, and Billy, uh, yeah, he finished too. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> Billy did the last seven miles with me, um, and that was a dark, dark moment. And uh-huh. uh, he just he walked along with me. He had his own injury prior to that, and he just sucked it up and did it. And, um, yeah, it was that was it was crazy, but yeah, and and there was some fun moments uh, in the middle of the race. One of the things I had done is I had practiced doing a line dance called the the get up dance by was it Blanco Brown? Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, uh, just some silly line dance. Uh, I had practiced it before the race and I had my crew practice it the night before in the hotel, mm-hmm. which would be dad and another, my, my, my other friend whose name is Dean. Uh, so my dad and Dean uh-huh. did this and now my dad's what 75, I think turning 76. And, uh, so we practice this thing in the hotel and at mile 31, uh, we pull up the Bluetooth speaker and we went live on Facebook <laughs> and we did, um, <laughs> the get did. up dance. Yep. And, um, I, it was for me, that was, a I got to get halfway and we got to have some fun halfway because it's only halfway. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Um, and that so that was, it was, yeah. Did, did, yeah. I'm sure you've, maybe you've seen it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, good. Good thinking too. I mean, that's, it's something you can sort of look forward to. And then also gives you a little bit of energy, you know, to you mark uh, a special, a special point in the race and then give you some energy for, for moving on. Um, I read a little bit about roadkill, passing a, a lot of roadkill on the road. Yeah, I was, I was yeah, and, and then in, in Nag's head, it's it's mainly one 
major, major road that goes from the top mm-hmm. down to the bottom and that whole, all the barrier islands. And I just had no idea how many, how much road was there and just finally got immune to it. And when Billy walked with me for those last seven miles, he was like, Oh my gosh, what's that smell? I'm like, yeah. I don't even smell anymore, dude. I don't, I don't know what it is, but, yeah. uh, and it was a lot of trash and that broke my heart. Sure. Cause when you're going slow, you realize that God's creation is just being destroyed if we don't pay attention to it. I know that sounds all, you know, green and all that sort of stuff. And, and, but it was, it was an enlightening moment for me sure. that, um, yeah. And, and it did break my heart. Yeah. Well, when you're going by it on the highway, you're zooming so fast it, you know, you don't see it, but yeah, when you're, when you're running by, you know, at, at a slower pace and, you know, you have to look at it and it adds up. Sure, and there were other things that we saw. Uh, one of the things that I, I I saw, I think you read in there, was uh, this little baby dragon. Did yeah, you read that in I would my love report? To hear about. So after the after the get up dance and all that was fun, uh, it got really hot, and there was a long stretch where there was no place for the crew to stop. And so that next stretch was like seven or eight miles, and um, I was running out of water. I didn't have enough calories that I had carried with me. And, um, I looked over in the brush and there was this cute little baby dragon wa- waving at me Adorable. and I stopped and waved back. Just like a little Disney character. Yeah. It was, it was quite alive. <laughs> it was really <laughs> strange. It was this cute little purple and yellow dragon. And, uh, and then I thought, no, that's not real, whatever. And I waved back and just said, see you later. And I just walked off. Um, and then you know, I, so I took my headphones out because I was like, maybe I just need to focus on me for a minute and just kind of recenter on things. Right. And uh, and then I started hearing harmonicas, and I looked in all directions, and there was no one to be seen besides the road mm. and that little baby dragon that's back behind right, me. That you left back and uh, I was like, this this is not good. <laughs> I'm I'm hallucinating and hearing things. Yeah. It's better than banjo music. It, yes, it is definitely better than banjo music, but it, but still. And I laughed. I think I sent you a text. I sent mm-hmm. Lance a text. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and we just thought that we were like, that was our question that we sent back was, are you hallucinating? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, and I was I was starting to engage people because I knew I needed to. Yeah. So and you didn't know that I was trying to have conversations with people. So I sent that text to several people because I knew I'd get a response Mm -hmm. and I knew it would make my, my brain re-engage. Of course it it made the, uh, the crew panic, Uh which they should have at that point. And they came flying up and up in the sand and sand everywhere. And they, they all came out with water bottles. (laughs) That's, you know, you don't think about, um, when, when you run something that distance, I mean, it's, it's as much a mental, test as it is physical if not more it was and and i would say spiritual too and i know uh we're pastors and the folks listening to this is are are, you know for the most part probably ministers in some form or fashion um and i and i say it's spiritual because it it moves beyond just your your mind and Hmm. it 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 makes you really reflect and think and dig deep Hmm. um there's parts that I laughed and had fun and there wasn't a soul to be around. And there's parts where I cried like a baby, hmm. um, for no apparent reason. And that's, again, these are all normal things in, yeah. in ultras. At least that's what I tell my wife. 
Yeah. They're normal. <laughs> right, right. Don't, don't worry, sweetie. It's completely normal. But everybody sees dragons, yeah. mythical yeah. creatures. Um, all right. Well, tell me about uh, what certainly sounds like uh, the toughest part of the race to me, which uh, are apparently a couple storms. There were some there were some lightning storms that came. The first one wasn't so bad. The, it was beautiful because you could see these bolts of lightning yeah. off in the distance. Um, but then the uh, the lightning came closer and closer. Um, the first one wasn't so bad. The lightning was off. And I would you know when you count you know the lightning strikes and you right. count a couple seconds, and it was you know a couple seconds. I was like, well, that's good. That's a couple miles away. That's that's fine. Leave it down there. Um, but when the second storm came, there, there was no counting between the two, um, and the lightning would flash around me and kind of make me a little dizzy, and my phone rebooted, and oh man, I was like, this, this is not good yeah. at this point. Um, and I will say that's probably, there was two points in the race where I was scared, and that was one where I feared for my life, like literally, yeah. uh, which I have told my wife about. So I don't know if I'll ever get to do that race again, but, um, yeah, I was, I, I, I tried to call the crew, but my phone wouldn't work, uh-huh. uh, cause it was wet. Oh, uh, and I was able to uh, pull up a call list. I don't know how I got that. And I got my dad only uh-huh. he couldn't hear me because the phone was completely wet Yeah, and he just sends back a text. It'll be over soon. Cause he was trying to be encouraging and sure. I understand that completely. And I just wanted to throw my phone in the ocean at that point. Yeah. Um, and just cried yeah. and just kept going. Cause there was only way, one way out of that storm is to it go is. straight, <laughs> man. That'll preach right there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole lot into that and I've been reflecting a lot on it and I don't, I'm, I'm still trying to make sense of yeah. it all. Yeah. Still processing. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh let's see you started at um what time like nine o'clock it was like nine thirty. yeah like nine thirty that morning and uh you kept with it kept going kept going and sure enough about what was it six something six o'clock the next day uh it was a little bit somewhere in the five i don't okay. know i have to do the math but some somewhere around the 5 a.m 5 15 mark okay Okay. A.M. And uh, you see that finish line and what described that experience? So Billy was with me still. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like I said, that, that last seven miles, he was with me. I was shivering. Uh, at that point, I was concerned about hypothermia. My, uh, I was shaking uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, the, the team had wrapped me up in anything we could find. So I had blankets and towels and all this stuff wrapped over me and my hands were just going crazy um and i could hear the music and i asked billy i said is that for real or is that like harmonicas again he goes no that's for real music right good and i was like great and then i took all the stuff they gave they were draped over me and i just handed it to me to to him and i said i'll see you later um and he let me what i thought i was running um And it felt like I was running, but I I know I was probably, it was just a speed walk at that point. That was extremely painful. Sure. um, And fun. I mean, painful and fun is just an incredible paradox. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my dad was at the end and I crossed the line and I, I'm going to cry again thinking about it, but you know, I crossed the line and I hugged dad and just cry with all it's worth because there's nothing left. 
Dude. So I can honestly say there was nothing left. Yeah. And uh, it was fun. That's awesome, man. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, wow. I, nothing can touch that experience, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it's one of those things where I like, you know, I've never done 100K. I've done a couple marathons, but nothing close to that. And, um, and you know, and only imagine what it what it feels like and i'm so glad that you that you have that and have it forever and are going to be mm-hmm. able to look look back at it um you know surely among those top experiences of your life so and to it share is. it with your dad and some of your best friends i mean that's just that's awesome and, and yeah one of the things people say is why mm-hmm. um and i think in hindsight it's how far where's my limit everyone has a limit i mean i know people who can run 300 miles and 200 miles and do all this other stuff um and i really feel like i've discovered what that limit is Mm -hmm. um and i'm okay with that before i wasn't really at peace with okay what's next what's Mm -hmm. next what's Mm -hmm. next what can i do what and now i'm like you know what i am 100 percent at peace with where my limit is. I think you're 100 K at peace. With yeah. Where my limit is. yeah. So, that, so that's no, no need to go any further than no need. I mean, I'm not going to say it's <laughs> not, say something's going to happen again. I was yeah. thinking this morning, what about a 24 hour race? <laughs> well, you yeah, but I mean, yeah, just a couple more hours, Yeah, a couple more hours. Know. Could I do that? But yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. We'll have to see. Right. <laughs> that's cool. Well, I think, I think nobody will shame you if 100K is uh, is is the max. Um, and I will tell you, uh, you inspired me to. Before that was something that I never would have even considered, and and now I'm not saying that I'm ever going to do one, but it's at least something that's gotten me a little excited and thinking, what if myself? Well, so, and you've been doing some some you've had some goals this spring re- regarding running yeah uh, oh yeah yeah i'm doing um, i'm trying to run 100 miles every month and in the year of uh 2021 and um working on training for uh, a third marathon gonna try to run the richmond marathon with lance uh here at church and, oh so um, i so i need to preach again is that, is that <laughs> what might, i'm hearing you might need to uh <laughs> no lance and, and my my neighbor and good buddy blair and we might do that together so yeah i got a couple goals and then after that you know it's it's honestly sort of a uh it's going to be a toe in the water type of thing to see all right let me remember how this feels and could i do more you know so uh, after that, maybe I might like to try the 50 K ultra and, and see how that goes. But anyway, okay. So this being a, you know, ministerial type of, of podcast, uh, how would you say that running has affected your ministry? Um, I think one of the things running has, it, it, it has forced me to be disciplined, uh, in many ways. Uh, when I run, I have to have a, a training plan mm. and, uh, I know how many miles I'm going to do or what the weights are that day. If I'm doing a strength training, um, and I had to have a plan. And so in ministry, um, I've just translated that over. I was working with a coach last year before the pandemic and he was having me take the goals that I had for the year, which just got blown out of the water, right? We didn't do any of that. But uh, the goals, the ministry goals I had and the ministry things that I felt like God 
wanted me to accomplish. He had me put that down and, and we called it a training plan. We called it a, we use that language mm-hmm. for, um, for the min for ministry. And, uh, and so that sense of discipline of what's the end game and how are we going to get there and how do we break that down and, um, learning to listen. I have had to learn to listen to my body, uh, with the running piece. And I had to, hopefully I'm learning to listen more as a minister mm-hmm. to the organization, uh, to the people within the the congregation to listen more deeply to the people in the community, mm-hmm. to staff members. Yeah. Um, so pausing to listen. Yeah. Same way a, you, you listen to your body as you're on the race so that you can ensure that you can keep going and do so well in a healthy manner. We always have to have our ears um, open and, and, and in tune to um, this organization that we, we know and loves this, this body uh, uh, so that we can, um, put it in the best position to keep going forward and, and keep running the race. Uh, as and Paul when there's, and, and, you know, and think about injuries, when there's injuries, how do we recover from that and what's next? And here at Winter Park, we had a quote unquote, a big injury mm-hmm. when Florence came, we had a hurricane and, and you yeah. helped lead the congregation through that recovery, literally, um, and so in church life, we do have these injuries. We do have these unexpected events. You're right. Yeah. And how do we, how do we recover through it uh, and it not stop what we, what we feel like God's calling us yeah. to do and to be? Amen. Amen. Uh, so speaking of, you know, God and, and running, one of my uh, favorite quotes um, is uh, from the movie Chariots of Fire, you know, which is uh, about... Eric Liddell, a famous um, you know sprinter who uh, uh, was was also called to missionary work. Um, his his wife was, and he wanted to be with her, and she kind of wanted him to come along and give up this running thing and let's go to China and and um, and spread the the gospel. But uh, he really wanted to compete in the Olympics, you know, and I can't blame him. And, and um, there's a point in the movie where he says, you know, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Does that resonate with you? Not the fast part at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, and, and, I've, and I've, I've been thinking about that because... Uh, recently, there was a role. That I've had another change in roles mm-hmm. here at the church, and um, I think one of the things uh, when when that opportunity was was asked of me was I did I had to really do some reflection and thinking about that, and and it was about the calling piece. Mm-hmm. Um, at Winter Park, been here for twenty years what's my calling now? And I, f- I really feel like my calling is to love. I know that sounds so simple is to love people. Um, and in some ways I, you know, I feel protective over some folks, um, just cause I've been here a long time and we're friends and, you know, some would say that's not good in ministry and I beg to differ. Yeah. Um, I think Jesus had friends. Yeah, Jesus did have some friends, yeah. and we would go through the ends of the world 
to be with it, mm-hmm. with them and to take care of them as church members did for me in my races mm-hmm. and continue to do. Um, and I will do the same thing for them. Um, so I, I, in that role change, I, I was able to identify, okay, if one of my roles is to love people deeply and to love on the senior adults whom I've already had relationships with. Mm-hmm. And how can I, how can that calling become more deeper or, or more, more deep, I guess. Yeah. And uh, thank you. Hey, um, I didn't say it. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, so, so yes, I, I think there is some parallels yeah. there. Um, yeah. and I, and I really see this next cha- next chapter for myself, um, as, continuing that call mm-hmm. um just in a different way just as when you go from 5k's to 10k's to 100k's whatever they're all running mm-hmm. and not one is better than the other they're just all different and yep. this is just a different season of of the calling yeah that god has given me well you're definitely fit to uh to fill it my man and uh i i gotta let the folks at home know about your hat it says captain limp along um uh, care to uh, <laughs> yeah on that. so that that was a, a christmas present from my kids for for blackbeard's revenge you have to come up with a nickname okay and uh it had to be a pirate name and so i wrote captain limp along although during the race my coach named me smoke which is really stuck among okay. some of my friends because she was using siri and she was trying to send me a text and every time she said mike is it came up smoke in her phone <laughs> and so now a bunch of people call me smoke all right. Um, that's and, good to know. Yeah. So that's for whatever. So my next patch is going to, well, my, for my hat's going to have smoke on it, which, yeah, that sounds weird as a pastor. So I'm trying to figure <laughs> right. out how to do that appropriately. <laughs> right. Have to figure out. Run, uh, smoke, to, run or something yeah, like that. Something that gives the context around yes, it. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want any people getting any strange ideas um all right well you've listened to this uh show before and you know that a lot of times we like to close by um asking uh pastors uh three uh questions that invite them to uh be a bit more vulnerable a bit more open and we call it the skin invitation so uh mike let me ask you these questions number one what is uh something that you've done wrong in ministry is something that you've messed up uh, something i've done wrong oh well there's so many things i've done wrong i'm sure you only have to choose one only have to choose one is to think that my way is the only way mm. the thought that you know what i sense god has called me to do for a particular project or task or whatever that this is the way it has to get done and just to try to ramrod that through the process and not really true yeah well, I mean, that that closes you off to the voices of other people. Exactly. And it keeps you from having opportunities to hear them, grow closer to them, and uh, do something as a body. Yep, exactly. So that's, that's a good one. Um, and uh, second question would be, what are you fearful of in ministry? What am I fearful of in ministry? Wow, that is a deep question. Mm-hmm, that's how we roll. Yeah, deep, uh, fearful of um, that I get too comfortable and see what I do here as a job and not as a a calling and a ministry. Mm. Uh, because it would be 
easy to show up on Sundays and Wednesdays and write the devotions and do all that. And it's just a job and a rhythm and blah, 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 blah. Um, I think that would be one of my fears. And I've, I've had packs with colleagues to say, listen, if I'm checking out, you need to tell me that. Yeah. Uh, our music minister here, we have this thing. I'm like, dude, if I'm checking out, you have permission to come call me out on it mm-hmm. anytime. So far, he hasn't, but <laughs> but he uh, would do it someday. He might. Maybe right. when I'm wearing diapers. Who knows? <laughs> Again, I'm so glad I have that image now. Uh, all right, last one. Uh, what is one thing you completely rock in ministry? Rock. In and again, ministry. you can only choose one. Rock in ministry. Yeah, but there's probably there's far more mistakes than there are things that I'm good at. No, no, no. Um, I I guess I like to the the flexibility. Uh, I'm not. I don't feel like. I hope I'm not very rigid in things. I I think just the matter of having so many job titles reflects that in some ways. Um, and uh, as as things just need to get done or need to happen, uh, hopefully it's not a that's not my job or that's not my role. But okay, let's just get it done. Yeah. Now, if somebody needs to fill that role in the future, now what are we going to do about that? Then sure, we can we can address that later. But just that that sense of flexibility, I hope, is something. Yeah, hopefully, def- I'm good at it. It you definitely are, and I would I would add, um, one of the things that I appreciate most about you is that you are a consistent, non anxious presence, and from somebody who uh, is internally consistently an anxious presence uh having you here as a friend and a colleague has just been invaluable you know because if something's got me you know worked up i know i can go to you and get uh some uh, a sense of peace and a sense of perspective and um i'm just i'm really grateful for that that part of your ministry means a lot thank you yes sir yes sir all right well uh you have uh, completed this uh race so to speak hopefully it was not nearly as painful as 100k but i appreciate you being on mike and sharing the folks uh sharing with the folks out there your story and and hopefully um it'll encourage us all maybe to to get out and go jog a few thanks for the opportunity you got it buddy well there you have it friends hope you enjoyed that conversation uh with mike and maybe you could find in it uh uh little bit of inspiration yourself to um, maybe go out and run, uh, tackle a 5K or um, a 10K half marathon, who knows. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that, of course. You know, the main thing is, is ministers, we, uh, just like anybody else in any other profession, need to make sure that we're taking care of the whole person. Uh, and that includes, you know, our physical body. So um, whether it's running, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, walking around the neighborhood, uh, whether it's you know playing a sport or hitting the gym, uh, or just just you know doing something that uh, brings you life and energy, uh, make sure that you're that you're doing that uh, and and staying healthy, taking that time for you because it affects everything, uh, and it's only going to help you to uh, be uh, not just the minister God's calling you to be, but the, the person, the spouse, the, the parent, um, the child of God uh, that you're supposed to be. So uh, take a lesson from Mike and take care of yourselves. 
That's it for today, preachers. And until next time, be real. Be real.